your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I would like to thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen every day. And as always, you can find Locked On Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And today's episode, I am joined by Carolina Hurricanes team reporter Walt Ruff. He is making his Carolina Hurricanes podcast debut in this episode. I beat the team itself to its punch on their Canes Cast podcast. I beat Adam Gold to the punch with his Canes Corner podcast. I beat everyone to the punch with this guest. So enjoy this interview, folks. I had a lot of fun. We talked about Seth Jarvis, Frederick Anderson, the locker room as a whole, as well as took taking some listener questions as well from you guys. So had a lot of fun with this interview, and I hope you guys do as well. All right, Kaniacs, I am finally joined by Walt Ruff, the Carolina Hurricanes' new team reporter. I know you Kaniacs have patiently been waiting for that, but now he is finally here. How are you doing this afternoon? Good. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Super excited to do this. Yes, of course. And this is obviously your first Carolina Hurricanes podcast appearance. I beat the team to <laughs> the did. punch. I beat Adam Gold to the punch. I beat everyone to the punch on this. You but, did. That's going to be your, uh, you know, you can hold that over their head for a while. I know I can't hold that over their head, but this is not your first appearance on the Locked On Podcast Network. You were once on the Locked On Coyotes podcast uh, with Robin there when you're covering the Tucson Roadrunners, and Robin told me to tell you what's up. Hey, yeah, that's awesome. It, uh, I had a lot of fun out in Tucson. They've got a, a great media contingent there, so that's correct. Uh, not the first Locked On, but first for the Locked On for the Canes. Heck Yeah. So getting on into this, the big story for the Hurricanes as of right now has been Seth Jarvis making his NHL regular season debut. You covered him when he was in juniors because last season you and him both were with the Portland Winterhawks. He killed it in the preseason and the prospect tournament. So how has it been for you to cover his NHL debut and where do you see this season going for him? It's cool. It's obviously very exciting and and unique, right? That a team's most coveted prospect and and number one piece to the future comes from the same organization that you were working with last season. So um, it's pretty cool. Uh, First and foremost, congratulations to Seth. That was a really cool moment for him to finally get in the game. I know that everybody had been impatiently waiting for quite some time to see him out there in a cane sweater for a regular season game, but Glad we got to see him out there. I'm glad his parents and his billet parents got to be there. Um, that was really cool as well. So um, now, yeah, like you said, it's it's we turn the page to, okay, the debut's out of the way, and what does the next little bit hold for him? Um, I think some of that remains to be seen, especially with the injury to Nino. I think that opens the door and gives him a bigger opportunity than 
he probably would have had if everybody were healthy. But at the end of the day, that's probably a portion of the reason why upper management maybe made the decision to keep him around that because unfortunately, as you know, in the hockey world, injuries do happen and oftentimes at the onset of a season. So um, he's certainly going to get his shot over the next little bit. We don't know specifically how long Nino is going to be out, but um, for Seth, the window is wide open. We saw in game number one that he can do some things creatively with the puck, and he was out there in late game situations. So it looks like Rob Brindamore is going to let him take the reins and run, and whatever he's able to do while he's in the lineup, that's what's going to determine whether he maybe sticks around, maybe he goes back to Portland. Um, I think the World Juniors is something that not a lot of people are discussing involving Seth yet because he could be a really prominent player for Hockey Canada. Um, so I guess it's a it's a waiting game. We're going to have to wait and see, but it's exciting the fact that it provides that little element of, you know, the team was obviously doing fantastic with the same lineup every night, but now it's like a little kind of a, a curveball or a change up to the lineup because we've got this added element of what does the Seth Jarvis surprise entail, if you will, or what's he going to do with his opportunity? Yes, I am very excited to see what he can do. I know our host of Locked On LA Kings and Locked On NHL, she is also the Chicago Wolves reporter for SB Nation's Canes Country, and she has been clamoring to see Seth play in the NHL. And so she was really excited to see him finally get a shot in the NHL, but not necessarily in this fashion due to Nino going down, but you mentioned the team is doing fantastic right now. And the Carolina hurricanes are off to their best start in franchise history, even going back to the Hartford days. What do you feel has been the catalyst to this start of the season and how long do you think they can keep this up? Well, Frederick Anderson has been great. And that's probably where a lot of people's minds will go to first in terms of the number one reason, if you will, as to why the team's being as successful as they are. But I think when you really take a step back and you think about it, and it's, I don't want to say it's a weird answer because I believe it's a true answer, but it's Rod Brindamore. Rod Brindamore is the reason why this team is where they are right now. Um, If you look in that locker room, you're starting to see guys it's not as if this team is built around one player or if there's a big piece to the locker room that everybody is kind of centered around, if you will. Um, It's a by committee effort with a message of we're going to work hard. We're going to outwork teams. We're going to play for one another. And that's exactly what they've done through this first stretch of the season. So the message that Rod's cultivated and, and the culture simultaneously, which he gives a lot of credit to Jordan Stahl for, and that's why he's the captain. He's the guy who carries that message into the locker room. Um, I think Rod Brindamore is probably the reason why this team is 8 0 and He would not tell you that, right, because he's going to say it's the guys who go out and have to do what they do on the ice. But um, if there were a different coach in this organization at this time, maybe the team's not 8 0 Does this sound familiar, folks? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, 
movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required, content varies by package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree there. When people have had me on their shows and they asked me that same question I just asked you of how the Hurricanes are doing so well, I tend to give the same answer. It comes down to the coaching, the culture that Rod has brought in, as well as the team leadership. And something that it's just been a complete team effort in these games. You look at the Arizona or not the Arizona, the Chicago game. You had got your top guys on the score sheet. You had guys on your bottom line on the score sheet. You had your defensemen on the score sheet. It's everyone chipping in at this. I always catch some flack for this considering we're in North Carolina, but I'm a new England Patriots fan and the team motto there is do your job. And that's exactly what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing. They're doing their job. Yep. And you obviously mentioned Frederick Anderson. He has, of course, been a big part of the team's success so far. And he has been lights out in the seven games that he's played in so far. Some folks are completely sold on him being the Carolina Hurricanes goaltender. Others are still having reservations due to his final couple seasons in Toronto. That's still in the back of their mind. Where do you fall on that situation and how long do you feel he can maintain this level of play? Well, it's obviously not exactly the same situation, but it's similar in terms of what's going on with Jarvis. I think Frederick Anderson has the leash in his hands and he's going to be able to run with it as far as he's able to take it. Um, If he keeps limiting teams to one goal a night or less, there's not going to be a reason to take him out of there. So until that continues to happen, and of course, if you look at the November schedule, yes, it's 13 games in under 30 days, but there's also only one back-to-back. There's a little bit more spacing in the schedule. So if he can continue doing what he's doing and he's mixing in the rest days and recovery and can take it as far as he can run with it, great. Um, it's probably unfair to expect Anderson to continue to play the way that he has thus far this Mm -hmm. season. Obviously he's not going to win every single start. He's probably going to have some games where unfortunately he will allow more than one goal, but that's why Auntie Ron's is the backup. And of course the Chicago game may not have been his finest hour, but I still believe he has more to offer too. So to answer the question, Anderson has the leash and can run with it and if Brendan Moore feels it's going to be a time for a change, then he'll go to Ronto for a little bit. Maybe Ronto has the leash and he runs with it. It's a, it's a good problem to have, but uh, above all, I'm very happy for, for Frederick and in, in doing the job that he has so far. He's been great. So quick question that I didn't have on the list. I sent over to you. what do you think of Freddie's Halloween costume? Well, he was in the, the space suit with Neil, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Um, they, they were watching the Bucks Saints game too. 
Good for that. Okay, well, much like you just said, you're a New England Patriots fan. I am a Tampa Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Um, yes, previously to 2020 as well. That extends back about 20 years for me. But anyway, um, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen everybody's Halloween costume yet, to be honest. Um, but everybody that did dress up uh, got a good little chuckle, good little laugh out of that, and, and good for the guys. They deserve it, right? They've gotten their job done on the ice, so uh, let them have their fun a little bit, if you will. Exactly. And I say the same thing when people look at me weird when I say I'm a New England Patriots fan. I've been a Pats fan since 2002 when I was, God, I can't do math. I was a little kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was there before this recent run of Super Bowls. I was there in that like decade where they didn't do anything. I was there for that undefeated season that got ruined by the New York Giants. And I, I was there for all of that. But yeah, you mentioned earlier the locker room culture and just how tight knit these guys are. Jordan Stahl, you named specifically, uh, but it's obviously well known just how tight knit this locker room is. What have been your initial thoughts on the relationship between the guys and how have the new guys meshed in? And got to ask this: What are your thoughts on Jordan Martinuk's pregame rituals? <laughs> Well, to answer the first part of the question is a little bit what I was speaking on earlier. Um, The room has really come together well and come together quickly. Um, Actually, earlier today, I was going back and looking through Rod's famous locker room post-game speeches, and I was trying to find the one specifically where he said, you know, I don't want to say we have new guys anymore. We're a team now. And it was actually the first game of the regular season. So they didn't take long to really – assimilate everybody together um of course there were preseason and training camp and you know guys had their time to come together it's not like night one they're trying to force an instant bond amongst everybody but they've really come together well everybody's getting along it's like i was talking about earlier there's no there's no ego there's no number one guy that everybody's like okay we need to facilitate the puck to so and so or oh our 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 power play unit really runs through this guy you see on all the special teams units and every line, like there's a real consistent effort amongst everybody to play a team game. And that's so important because, and this is not meant to be a disrespect in any capacity. Not every NHL team is like that. And for good reason, right? When Connor McDavid's on the ice, you probably want to get him the puck. He can do some special things with it. Yeah. But that's not the case here. And it's great to see because, when you have everybody playing for one another, stepping in front of shots, blocking shots. Uh, look at the the goal, Stephen Lawrence, a couple couple weeks ago when Martin blocks the shot. I guess that was actually a week ago in the Toronto game where Lawrence just takes it all the way to the house. Well, it was because Jordan Martin stepped in and, and made that play. He made it possible. So it's really darn cool to see it. And uh, to answer the back half, the the Jordan Martinuk, uh, Mr. Svechnikov, I think it's hysterical. It's something that um, I, I, you know, I was aware of before I came to Carolina because how could you not, right? It's one mm-hmm. of the funniest and like coolest things in all of hockey in terms of for years it's been, okay, let's get these guys to show some personality, show some personality, show something. And, and there's nothing wrong with guys who play the middle who are hockey players, you know, it's their job that what they choose to show is up to them at the end of the day. We can't force personality out of them, but for someone like him, he is in a lot of ways, exactly what this organization needed and continues to need. And when you talk about big cultural cornerstones, 
um, just a phenomenal fit, a good human and a good part to the room. Yeah. I remember, well, one, the new addition to where he just like yells and headbutts Stevie is absolutely hilarious. And I die every time I see it, but I remember back in 2019, uh, that summer there, I was on Twitter after a couple drinks or whatever. I just happened to tweet at him like, oh, I want to have a beer with, you know, at, you know, whatever his Twitter handle is. And then he responded. It was like, I'll be back in Raleigh at the end of August. You know, let's work something out. And, you know, we ended up doing something and we actually got invited to R&D Brewing before storm brew got released to the public got to taste that as well as some other canes fans that got invited to that and then you know we went out and we did exactly what we were saying he said we were gonna do and had a beer and just he's a great ambassador for the carolina hurricanes organization he's a man of the people Uh, we were talking about wade mentor uh, before you know we hit record very much in the same vein he's always just a really good representation for the organization and then you look at uh little girl emma and the relationship that they have marty he's just a great again ambassador for the carolina hurricanes organization bet online is back and better than ever folks a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, baseball in the postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, and even right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And don't forget to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, it, it, and it's special, right? Because you don't see that with every team. You just don't. And again, that's not meant to be a slight. It's not meant to be a disrespect. But what goes on here is not what goes on in the other 31 NHL markets. And that's really cool. Yes, it is really, really great. And speaking of the new guys coming in, I just guess now, you know, we say new guys with quotation marks. Yeah, um, yeah. The Tony D'Angelo signing was a signing that saw a lot of backlash from fans due to his off-ice issues and locker room issues that he's had in the past. How has he been fitting into the locker room? And I know a lot of people want to know, is he holding true to his word on trying to better himself? Well, I want to preface this because I, I, I'm cognizant that it is a, a, a touchy subject for some, yeah. some folks, but I, I don't want to shy away from it. I don't want to not discuss Tony because, again, in my role as the team reporter, I think it's my job to discuss both members of the team um, and, and what their surroundings are. Um, and, and something that I struggled with a little bit a couple of days ago, um, but probably benefits the situation now was 
when Tony scored in the Chicago game and, you know, my job is to tweet about the goal. And then I had people messaging me and tweeting at me saying, you know, Oh, why do you support Tony the way that you do? And then um, in the Arizona game, he sets up uh, Marty's game tying goal there at the end of the second period. Um, and I, my job on a goal tweet is to provide additional context and like point out something that people might not see, but um, Tony's primary assist was, I felt a little bit obvious in the sense of he put it on a platter for 88. Um, and so I didn't say his name. And then I had people tweeting at me and messaging me saying, you know, you know, Oh, your political bias is showing by not mentioning his name. And I just want to clear up all of that right now and say, I'm going to try and keep it straight down the middle. Um, it's my job is representing the team to, yeah. to not go one way or another with it. But what I can speak of is um, Tony's off to a really good start on the ice. And uh, that's what we've all seen for those of us who watch the game. Um, he's doing quite well on the blue line. Um, as of the time we're recording this podcast, his five power play points are tied for the NHL lead amongst defensemen. So the on ice success is there. Um, again, I can only speak on the experiences that I've had with Tony in terms of media scrums. That's it. I've, I've never, you know, hung out with them or gotten to have a separate conversation, um, in media scrums. He seems very pleasant. And, um, you know, again, that I think the, the culture of the locker room is, is probably assisting in terms of there's some really strong guys in there and, um, who, who probably want to see him succeed both on and off the ice. And I think that's a good thing. And, um, as far as I can see, again, like I said, on ice, it's, it's going well and off the ice in my short experiences with him, he's been pleasant and attempting to carry that culture that, uh, that we've spent a little bit of time talking about. Well, that's good. Cause I know there's obviously been some issues regarding that. I do thank you for answering that question because that was part of the reason why I sent you the list. So you would be prepared for that. If you didn't feel comfortable with it, you could say, Hey, I don't feel comfortable talking about that, which I do. Thank you for that. I know a lot of the listeners will thank you for addressing that situation as well. So you're obviously came here from the Portland Winterhawks um, and you're new to North Carolina. You're new to Raleigh. Where have been some of your favorite places to eat, hang out, things to do, whatever so far in your short time here? short time is right. Um, I think today started my fifth week with the team. It has been a wild five weeks. Um, I got here the day before the first preseason game um, with basically nothing. Um, how to get an apartment, how to get a car, how to get furniture. So I'm still in the process of getting all of that settled. So admittedly, I have not had a ton of time to go out and try a ton of new places. Um, my very first day on the job when um, our senior director of marketing, Dan Latarakan, mm -hmm. um, he took me out there and we got to meet, I got to meet Michael Smith, uh, my first day on the job. And yeah. he took me to, I think it was uh, Raleigh Brewing Company. So yeah, that was that pretty cool. Um, not too far from the rink. I was incredibly happy to be able to meet Smitty. 
Um, but uh, man, I don't, there haven't been a ton of places that I've gotten to go like locally yet. Hopefully now, as I get to settle in a little bit more, I'll be able to, to give you a better answer in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm fortunate. I have an uncle that lives in Burlington, North Carolina. So mm-hmm. I made the trip out there once. And then we met in Durham one night for dinner. Sorry. I, I could not remember the name of the place that we met at. Um, That's but fine. So I'm, I'm going to have to give you a better answer in a couple of weeks. But what I will say about the area is I've been very pleasantly surprised at how kind and how welcoming everybody has been. Um, as most people know, when you go somewhere new, it's a little bit daunting. And uh, especially in the situation where a lot of people loved Michael's work, it was um, I don't I don't want to say nervous because that might not be the right word to say this. But, um, you know, you're not quite sure what you're getting into. Right. And so um, I'm very grateful that everybody in the area, uh, part of the team and the fan base has been uh, very kind and very welcoming for the most part. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. We obviously, you I mean, you can see it like the tailgates. It doesn't matter like what jersey you're wearing. You're always welcome to walk up. If you're nice to people, those people are going to be nice to you pretty much. Love I would that. definitely say some places you have to check out whenever you get the time. The Raleigh Beer Garden over on Glenwood Mm. Avenue. Okay. Need to go there. They have one amazing food. It's worth going just for the food, but they also have the world record for most taps of beer. Mm. So that's really good. Um, The burial brewing company tap room over on Davy street is really good. And then Dank Burrito and Mama Crow's Burgers in that transfer company food hall. Those are really good. Oh, there's so many good places that you could go. Those are just a couple that come to mind right off the top of my head. I keep getting recommended. There's no shortage of recommendations. I I really should be keeping a list at this point of like, everybody's like, you got to go here. You got to go here. Um, So I can't wait. I'm very excited to, uh, to eventually get out. Yes, definitely sounds good. Now it's time for some listener questions. Okay. Uh, so this first one comes from Katie on Twitter. She asks, what led you to working for the Carolina Hurricanes and how did you get your start in your career? Great question. Um, working in the NHL for any team in a media capacity was always the goal. Um, played hockey recreationally growing up, but knew I would obviously never be going to the NHL in that capacity, but I always loved sports. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew up watching the Philadelphia Flyers just about every single game. And, you know, as you start to get older, you think about what you want to do in life and how you can be happy and achieve your dreams. And so I figured I wanted to get into the media side of hockey and, um, After my time at Temple University in Philadelphia, I was fortunate enough to get an internship with a team in the North American Hockey League, which is tier two junior. So it's below the USHL. Um, But I was with the Lone Star Brahmas in North Richland Hills, Texas. It's right in between Fort Worth and Dallas. Um, I was there for one season and loved it, enjoyed it. Again, similar to here, great people. Um, and then from there, I got the opportunity to go to the Norfolk Admirals, our now ECHL affiliate, back when they were affiliated with the Edmonton Oilers, um, was there for one season, again, enjoyed it. Um, evidently, some people thought I was on the right path because from there I went to the AHL. And it's similar to being a player. You have to work your way up. Uh, 
it's not that way for everybody. Some people are fortunate and, and get their big opportunity right out of college. Um, I guess you could say I took the, I don't know, took the slow routes the right way to put it, because I'm sure if you would ask me then that wasn't the way I wanted it to be. I was wanting to get to the NHL, but um, just kept working my way up the ladder. And then I was in Tucson, Arizona for three years um, with the Arizona Coyotes AHL affiliate. COVID brought my time to a close there. And then right when things were starting to get back going, um, I got the opportunity to go to Portland, which is where I was before here. And then um, never, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would have been able to make the jump from the WHL to the NHL. I thought for sure I was going to have to go back to the AHL. Um, and I saw the Carolina job. I was actually back home in Pennsylvania visiting family for a couple of days. And of course I knew who Michael Smith was. I was aware of his work and I saw the job pop up and I was like, you know, okay. But I was kind of at the point too, where I was, you got to shoot your shot sometimes. Right. And yeah. so, um, I applied, I have, I had no connections with the Carolina hurricanes organization. It was just right. You know, insert your resume, write a cover letter, submit a couple examples of your writing. I did that. It wasn't anything crazy. I don't even know. I don't even think I sent an email to anybody in terms of like, you know, Hey, look at me or trying to get inside track or anything. And I, somebody, somebody was helping me out because uh, Dan took a look at my resume. He looked at uh, my work and one thing led to another and here I am. And uh, there you go. It's crazy. It's, it's, I'm so grateful. It's, it really is a dream come true. It's uh, it's a special feeling and uh, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, of course. We absolutely love to have you here. And right. so Zach Martin asks, what player or players are you looking forward to covering most this season? I feel like I know one of them. We already talked about him. Yeah. It's special for Seth for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a funny note about Seth, because like I said, I just got to Portland. I got to Portland two days before their season started, much like here. I show mm -hmm. up one day before the preseason game. So um, and the WHO, because it was their COVID season, if you will, for lack of a better way to put it, um, they did what was called a uh, like a travel bubble. So basically there were 35 names on a list and you could only be in the locker room or around the guys if you were part of that bubble and they had to undergo like testing every day and so long story short I showed up too late so to get more to the point I never had a physical conversation with Seth until the start of this year when Portland came for training camp now of course we did the zoom interviews and all that sort of stuff but you know I never got to like shake his hand until right before here and then him and I come to Carolina like a week apart so mm -hmm. Um, definitely very cool to have that interesting anecdote with Seth. Um, I, I don't know, I, I guess I'm going to kind of play coy here, but I don't know if there's one player specifically who I'm looking forward to covering as the course of the season goes on. Um, getting to know Rod has been cool. Um, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's an amazing guy from the time that, brief time that I've shared with him. He's outstanding. And um, it's been really cool getting to know Don Waddell as well. Um, being affiliated with other NHL organizations along the way in my stops, sometimes you meet GMs and um, again, not, not to be a disrespect, but sometimes their job is to assess the hockey team and 
they don't have an interest in the business side or they don't per se care about the media side. So sometimes you're just kind of looked at as another individual, but um, it's really nice to know Don Waddell does not treat people like that. Don Waddell is a good man. So I'm very grateful for that as well. Yeah. I remember there's been a few times where like I've seen Don just walking around the concourse Yeah, and he always like, will stop, talk to people, take a picture if you want it, exactly. uh, all that. And then I remember actually it was one time I was sitting out in the, like the uh, VIP entrance out in the South concourse. Cause my, it was my 1920 season stick where I was getting like players and a uh, few select media people to sign it. And Wade mentor, he was like, Hey, you meet me here after the game, I'll sign it. So I was meeting him there and then Don just walks out and then, yeah, obviously spoke to him for a minute. Did not even think to get him to sign the stick, though. Which oh, was, man. Well, uh, hopefully he'll have another chance. I'm sure he would, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he would. And then I remember at the team equipment sale this past summer, he was just walking around on the floor talking to people. Yeah. And I remember – I oh, did he? I actually think he took my picture in front of the new central division championship sign. There you go. And, and, and then exactly I obviously like got a picture saying, of him as well, but yeah, it's like we were saying about the locker room earlier. What goes on here is not what goes on in the other 31 NHL markets, right? Like if you walked up to a couple different NHL general managers and said, Hey, can you take my picture? your response might not be what Don gave you, you know? And, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. And he definitely, he gave it a chuckle as well. He's like, yeah, sure. And then obviously we took picture as well. And then he talked to me and my girlfriend, like, Oh, you know, what were we getting? And yeah, she had some shirts. We had some pucks. Yeah. I made sure to get that Alex Nelkovich playoff puck, even though, you know, that hurts me now that he's in Detroit, but you know, just taking the time to talk to people, yeah, that was absolutely great, you know, with that there. And definitely still a good memory there of him taking that picture. Yeah, good um, man. Good man. But Zach Kynos, he asked, what is your favorite outdoor activity, hiking, canoeing, surfing, etc." Well, I wish I could say I had any sort of talent in any of those ballparks, but um, I, I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I think I might have been – canoeing or kayaking once in my life of course you know anybody can go hiking i got to do some in arizona which was pretty cool um so i you know i understand that uh they're well-liked hobbies but me you know i i'm boring i come home from work and if i'm not watching another hockey game i'm probably playing video games so um that's my answer i, I gotta keep it honest <laughs> with you i'm not gonna tell you that you know, I head out and go for my dad's a big fisherman. Um, so he holds that down for our family, but unfortunately the same interests just weren't passed down. And, uh, I'm a big, you know, it sounds cliche and it might sound dumb and it might sound corny, but when we're off, I'll see what other games are going on. Mm -hmm. And now of course it won't be that way. The whole duration of the season, sometimes you do get hockeyed out, but, um, most times it's other sports and, uh, and, and video games for me. I feel that. What video games are you playing right now? This is going to pain me a little bit to say it, but I've always been a big NHL guy. Mm -hmm. um, I've grown a little 
discontent with how it feels like it's the same game every year. So I don't think anyone would slight you in that. Everyone feels the same way. I am still playing NHL 20. That's and that's fair. It's uh, unfortunately I have to get the new game every year. I give mm-hmm. myself that false hope, but I I've played it. You know, it's been out for a couple weeks to a month now. I've played it so much less than I have every other year. It's just the same thing. And it's like, so, you know, kind of, kind of disappointing, but, uh, other than NHL, um, I play a lot of Fortnite with my friends because that's, uh, you know, as I rattled off all of my stops earlier, Pennsylvania, Texas, Arizona, with all the States I've lived in, I've been fortunate enough to meet some really good friends along the way. And now that we're all over the country that, uh, that's like what brings us together. We'll try and pick mm-hmm. a night or two a week and uh, go on Fortnite. And um, I'm not going to tell you I'm any good, but it's fun to play. Oh, I am not good at online shooters in the <laughs> slightest. I am absolutely terrible. The only one I am halfway decent at is one that hardly anyone plays anymore. And it's Star Wars Battlefront 2. Okay. Like that right. is the only one I'm halfway teasing at. Like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Battlefield, all of it. I'm not good at it. Mm, go with what you're good at. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, of course, like I love, you know, like single player campaigns. You like God of War, Tomb Raider, The Witcher, Doom, all that stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But I definitely want to thank you for coming on the show, Walt. Where can everyone find you on social media and your work? if they don't already know where to. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, this has been a blast. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful and thankful. And I'm sure I sound like a broken record, but it's been a lot of fun to finally make my first Hurricanes podcast debut. So thank you for that. Um, for anybody who's interested in taking a look at my work, you can largely find it on hurricanes.com, nhl.com backslash hurricanes. Um, a lot of the news articles are will be associated to me in some way, shape or form. And um, if you're on Twitter, uh, first name, last name, W-A-L-T-R-U-F-F. And uh, look forward to connecting with everybody there. Yes. Again, thank you very much, sir. And I cannot wait to hear you come on to Kane's Cast or Kane's Corner and let them know that, hey, I was on Locked <laughs> on Hurricanes first. I'm going to I'm going to let Mike Maniscalco know. That's for sure. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Of course. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, folks, I really hope you enjoyed that interview I did with Walt Ruff from the Carolina Hurricanes. I had an absolute blast doing that interview. And again, like I said at the top of the episode and during the interview, this was Walt's Carolina Hurricanes podcast debut. Again, he was on this show before the Carolina Hurricanes show, the local ESPN shows, all of that. He was here first, and you guys were able to listen to that with your first listen of the day. And I want to thank you again for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of the day. And now that you've made this show your first listen, go make Locked on Fantasy Hockey your second listen. Lord knows I'm listening to today's episode because my fantasy teams are not looking good. And as always, make sure you follow Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And of course, if you haven't already followed Walt, go follow him as well. And I will talk to you in tomorrow's episode, folks.